grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up the Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. Oh, community, we've had quite a lot going on this week. <laughs> Rachel, I think they're trying to cram in everything before Christmas. Oh, I know. I know. They they always do this to us, don't they, Shell? It's nearly three years we've been on this roller coaster. <laughs> roller coaster? It feels like we've jumped out of an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> so in the Royal News this week, we're going to be talking about the King and Queen's state visit to Kenya. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. Last week, Rach, I mentioned about going to Great Yarmouth and getting you some rock. Can you remember me talking Oh, yeah, to you? <laughs> yeah. Did you get... I bet you're going to say I didn't get you any. Well, Royal Community, I am... Holding up Rachel's ah! rock from Great Yarmouth. <laughs> Unfortunately, Rach, I did do a big boo-boo because for anyone who doesn't know what rock is, it's basically like a really hard sugared sweet. Candy. Right? Yeah. yeah. And um, it's very synonymous with the British seaside here. They have in Great Yarmouth a rock shop where they actually create the sweets right in front of you. And I went into this shop and I was like, amazing. I'm going to go to buy some. And I didn't have any cash on me. So I thought I'd use my card. And then they were like, oh, we don't take cards for up to a certain amount or whatever. So I went out to get cash. We then got lost somewhere. And can you remember a couple of months back, Camilla went to Red Wing's house. That was Anna Sewell, the author of Black Beauty. Oh, yes, like, yeah. Shetland ponies outside. We walked past that. I had my photo taken by it. I was like, wow. So I'm glad I got lost actually because I was like, oh, there's a royal connection. Anyway, I didn't go back to that shop and I completely forgot about it, Rach. So on the last day, I headed to just a regular shop and they didn't have any strawberry. They only had peppermint, but you've got this. If you don't want it, obviously I'll eat it. But I thought (laughs) I would just mention it because I did say, Royal Community, I would tell you whether I got Rachel's Rock from last week's (laughs) episodes. And so many people have messaged saying that they were singing the Adams Family theme tune. Oh my God. <laughs> last week's episodes. We hope you had a lovely Halloween out there, World Community. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Someone was like, you don't understand the influence that you have. <laughs> oh I wonder gosh. what song we're going to sing this week. <laughs> <laughs> There's bound to be one that comes up, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Shall we head to the Royal Roundup, Rach? Let's do it. Right, we're starting off with Zara Tinder. We saw her at the showcase meeting at Cheltenham Racecourse. Now, Zara is a non-executive member of the Cheltenham Racecourse Committee, and it's a position that she's held since 2019. Rach, we had some baby news this week. I know. We found out that Catherine's brother James and his wife Elise have welcomed their first baby, a boy called Inigo. Inigo. I don't know how how I'm pronouncing that. Inigo. Inigo. Well, we always mispronounce things, don't we? I mean, now we're starting to get Edo's name right. (laughs) After all these years, yeah. He put put up a lovely post on his Instagram and he said, he has been in our lives for just a few weeks, but they have been the most special of my life, getting to know our beautiful baby boy. No matter how prepared I thought I was, I was not prepared for the overwhelming emotion of meeting Inigo for the first time and the love for my darling Elise as we became three. We would like to thank the 
wonderful team at Basingstoke Hospital from the very first scan to walking out the front door for the first time as three. We couldn't have felt more supported and looked after throughout. So thank you, NHS. Oh, this was so lovely. I thought you were going private, Rach. I know. I know, right? No shade. I mean, it's just nice to use the NHS. That's what I'm saying. No shade there. Also, we had an announcement this week that the Duchess of Edinburgh will be visiting Canada. Royal community in Canada. Get ready. She's on her way. She will be there from the 3rd to the 8th of November. We're recording this on Thursday, the 2nd of November. So by the time you're listening to this, she will probably be there doing her thing in Canada. And we shall be... uh, covering all Sophie's adventures next week so let's hope Rach that the royal socials are primed and ready (laughs) I mean fingers Uh, crossed we can only hope that they would cover some of it there might there might be a rant or two next week royal community (laughs) you never know I also just wanted to bring up the oh my gosh the heartbreaking news of Matthew Perry's death and we also had a lovely tribute from Sarah the Duchess of York because she worked on the episode when they went to London yeah it was so sad when I heard this news because Friends is part of our childhood isn't it yeah it is I think I've probably watched all the series about 10 times each I quote Friends on a daily basis I have to say (laughs) Chanel (laughs) LeBong Can I be any more friends? <laughs> oh, such sad news. Uh, let's move on, Shell. We have some Earthshot Prize information. The hosts, presenters and performers have been announced for the awards ceremony, which will take place on Tuesday, the 7th of November in Singapore. These include Robert Irwin, son of the crocodile hunter Steve Irwin, actresses Kate Blanchett. We've also heard this week that the King will attend and deliver the opening address at the opening ceremony of the World Climate Action Summit at COP28 UAE, which will be held in Dubai from the 30th of November to the 12th of December. This comes at the invitation of His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed Al Nahan and at the request of the UK government. This should be good. Yeah, it'll be nice to see the king in his element. As we know, he's a a huge supporter and an environmentalist himself. So look forward to seeing him and his address on the 1st of December. All right, we saw the Princess of Wales. She visited Dad Vengers, which works to support dads on their journey through parenthood. Catherine was there to highlight the important role that dads play in their children's early years as part of her Shaping Us campaign. Very surprised at this, right? She was wearing straight leg jeans. Did you see this? <laughs> I did see this. And she looked a bit uh, tanned, didn't she? I think someone went away on their half-term holidays. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think Catherine would have done a sunbed. That's what I'm No. <laughs> so she joined dads on one of their dad walks and spoke about their parenting experiences. And did you see that moment where they were all, it looked like in a pub. What, where were they? <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lady singing with a microphone and all the kids were there with the tambourines. And it was so lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, Catherine got involved, didn't she? <laughs> she did get involved. Again, it was one of those things where I thought this, um, whilst the cat's away, the mice will play is what came to mind for me. Because <laughs> I thought, you know what? Like Charles and Camilla are out of the country and Catherine's just wearing something I'd wear to Tesco. So bring it on. Maybe whilst they're gone, she was like the royal protocols of fashion just doesn't apply. But I know royal community It's because she's with the kids and she wants to be, what's the word, approachable and like. Well, she's in her mum uniform, isn't she? That's her mum uniform, probably, what she wears on a daily basis. That jumper's got to be more than a Tesco jumper, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, she was wearing a barber jacket, weren't she? (laughs) (laughs) We did have news about 
Prince Harry this week, didn't we? There was all this whole thing in the press about the Sandringham Agreement. To be honest, it was all tabloid stuff. I don't know how much of the truth there is in that. So instead of us actually covering it and giving you a, a real short synopsis, we will look a bit deeper into it. And if we feel like it's something that we should talk about, we'll talk about it in next week's episode. But mm-hmm. we had a little discussion about it with our VIP Royal community because we had our Zoom call this week, didn't we, Rach? Oh, it was so fun. It's always fun to catch up with everyone, isn't it? It is amazing. So if you're out there and you want a community, you know, we have a Zoom call, we have a Facebook group that we talk about royals in. Feel free to head on over to Kofi and join our VIP Royal Community membership over there. We would love to have you. Right. Are you ready, Rach? It is time to get going. We're flying to Kenya. We're off there with the King and Queen. Are you ready? Let's do it. Michelle, let's start by saying how much we love a behind the scenes video, right? Bring it on. We love BTS as in behind the scenes. And not BTS, the Korean band, which FYI, I love. <laughs> All right, Jill loves them. I love them. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, that's enough about my love for BTS. <laughs> um, we saw them on RAF Voyager, which took off from Bryce Norton. And we got a video of the king and queen on the plane. The king looked like he was you know reading these papers but queen camilla was hilarious she knew the camera was on her she looked a bit awkward bless her didn't she <laughs> you're like they'd had like a real rush going to oxfordshire to get to bryce norton to get on the raf voyager and then all of a sudden they got the social media team going look like you're doing something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the amount of comments people were saying how much the king looks like queen elizabeth ii yeah rach i will say this to you the amount of negativity on those comments were really oh. bad, really scathing towards Camilla. She's not our queen. You know, she should be called queen consort. Just really mm. vile things. And yeah. then there were some comments that were saying, you're supposed to be a lover for environmentalism and look at you on this big jet. Well, actually... RAF Voyager has tanks of low carbon jet fuel, which is also known as sustainable aviation fuel. So it actually is one of the greenest of those fleets you can get. Fair enough. It's not as if it's electric car or something, but he's doing his best. There isn't a, a stone that's overturned. If there's a way of using that sustainable fuel, it will be used when the king is traveling because he believes in that wholeheartedly, doesn't he? Yeah, but Shell, those people that write those comments, they don't know any of this. They just see him on a plane and think, oh, well, you've said X, Y, and Z about being sustainable and about the environment, and now you're on a plane. They don't know the details behind it. And what I will say also about the comments is a lot of these quote-unquote royal fans aren't necessarily royal fans. They're Diana fans, they're William and Catherine fans. They don't support the king and queen like we do and like the majority of the royal community do. So they'll write anything horrible just for the sake of it. We've spoken so many times about the social media team. The social media team need to be checking these comments regularly and they need to be deleting them or just disable comments altogether. Well, I think it's a damned if they do, damned if they don't situation because if they started deleting comments, then they would have backlash saying, I put a comment on, you can't handle criticism. But then if they disable comments, they'll also have backlash saying you're not giving us a view to criticise or praise and you are like a public servant. Does that make sense? Yeah. So whichever way they go, they will get heat for it. So it's it's a hard position to be in. 
Yeah, let us know what you think, Royal Community. Come over to Instagram, DM us, or even send us a voice note. We'd love to include you in next week's episode. The King Queen Camilla State visit to Kenya began with a ceremonial welcome at the Nairobi State House, where they were received by the President, Dr. William Ruto, and the First Lady, Mrs. Rachel Ruto. And Queen Camilla was sporting the diamond oyster brooch previously worn by Queen Elizabeth and Queen Elizabeth the Queen Mother. Oh. I mean, come on, this brooch is absolutely Oh my adorable. gosh, I love it. It's one of my favourites, I have to mm. say. It's absolutely stunning, this brooch is. Yeah, found a little bit of information from it, Rach. Camilla wore this brooch at Ascot this year. Also, the Queen Mother wore this brooch for a 100th birthday celebration, which I think is adorable. Yeah. And the late Queen Elizabeth II wore the brooch at the unveiling of the Queen Mother statue. And also to Zara and Mike's wedding. So this brooch has been doing the rounds in the royal uh, calendars. And apparently it's estimated at £30,000. And you know us royal community, we're like magpies, a piece of jewellery. Our eyes go straight to it. Or a niffler for all you Harry Potter fantastic beast <laughs> lovers out there. I have no idea what Michelle just said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rachel uh, doesn't understand. Just like me with BTS, I have no clue. the king and president ruto walked along the guard of honor who conducted the royal salute and this is where the uk and kenya national anthems were played followed by a 21 gun salute and shell two trees were planted to mark their visit to the state house yeah ready royal community Tree by the way royal community when we do that me and rachel lift our hands up for some strange reason like <laughs> i don't know imagine if we actually went like to a, a tree moment we probably wouldn't do that would we oh i would i would i would say it loud and then i'd go <laughs> what in front of the king <laughs> I couldn't stop myself, Rach. It'd be like um, some kind of verbal diarrhea. It'd just pop out. <laughs> His Majesty laid a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Warrior at Yohuru Gardens, then walked to Magumu Tree, a fig tree planted on the site of the Declaration of Kenya's Independence in 1963. I thought it was so poignant and sentimental. I looked into the Magumo fig tree. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Royal Community. My apologies if I'm not. And I had a look on the Nairobi National Park website. They ha- they wrote a little bit about it, which I want to read out to you. It says, the Magumo fig tree is believed to be a dwelling place for ancestral spirits. It is considered a conduit between the spiritual realm and the world of the living. People may see guidance, blessings and protections by connecting with their ancestors through the tree. And it also says it's like a place of gathering. And what's great about this tree in particular, it's not a specific place, like just the one tree. It's the species of tree. So wherever you see this fig tree, you get that sense of connection. So it's so synonymous with Kenya. And I think it was such a wonderful symbol of hope and especially the declaration of uh, Kenya's independence being signed there as well. And nice that after that probably, uh, I guess over time, a little plaque might be a place in front of it to say this was planted by the king for the state visit. Possibly, yeah. The king met with young people at Eastland Library who chatted about how Prince's Trust International has been helping them on their employment journey. Now, they showcased their business ideas as part of the Enterprise Challenge, a programme which equips young people with skills to set up their own business. The ideas include poultry farming, tree nurseries and bead crafting. We know the Prince's Trust has benefited a lot of young people in the UK, but also this is an international trust. How wonderful is it that we see the work 
work of the Prince's Trust in Kenya and how it's impacting young people there. Yeah, and the reach that the Trust has made across the world is incredible. I just loved the um, photos that were released from this meeting with the kids and the king. The kids were so happy. If, uh, if you head on over to our Instagram, Keeping Up The Windsor's Pod, I actually popped up a photo of the king meeting some of the young people that have taken part in the Prince's Trust International. And we've always said it, Shell, this is his legacy or one of his legacies, isn't it? This is his Duke of Edinburgh Awards, really, isn't it? Yeah. And it's great to see it being implemented in other countries. And I wonder when he goes to other countries, he kind of assesses how it's carried out and how it benefits people in different areas. Yeah, and I think if the model works and helps young people in one country, it's bound to be applicable in other areas. And I'm so glad that it is in Kenya. Let's move on to Queen Camilla. She met with the founders of Bookbunk, a charity that restores public libraries. And here she read Lion and Mouse to a group of children. Have you ever read Lion and Mouse, Rach? I've never read it. No, yeah, I've never heard, heard of it. this one. This must be a new one on the on the yeah. market. I'm, I'm ready yet. Later in the day, we saw His Majesty visiting City Shamba, which is a food initiative training local communities to grow sustainable organic gardens in urban areas. The Shamba provides 35% of fresh produce used at the local hospital. That's mind-blowing. Yeah. And the king also got to see the African giant snails. Yay! With some of the slime produced is used in some beauty products. That became a massive thing like a couple of years ago, didn't it? Yeah, can you imagine just going out onto the street, picking up a snail, and putting it on, your, it on face. your face? <laughs> We've got that dynamic of food sustainability. We've got using slime for beauty products. <laughs> I'm always surprised by some of the places they visit on any of the state visits they go to. And it really brings the, the country to life, doesn't it? I also think state visits are planned so much in advance. The people that work behind the scenes, you know, researching what's going on in these countries and what the king's interests are, what the Queen Camilla's interests are. Well, how can we bring that to life and how can we showcase Kenya and what it has to offer as a country, but also share the connections between what they're passionate about and what Kenya can provide and offer as well? Yeah, absolutely. As we know, the king and queen, when they go to these states visit, this is a four-day state visit to Kenya, and they cram so much in. So they do all of these engagements, and you think, oh, they're just going to have the night off. Oh, no, they went to the Kenyan state banquet. So let's hear all about it. So, Shell, can we talk about the menu? <laughs> please do. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> they were served beef wellington, chateau potatoes. Now, I, I want to know what a chateau potato is. <laughs> um, is it a potato that's shaped like a chateau? How <laughs> 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 could you imagine? No. Oh, that is a skill. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they had chateau potatoes with mint asparagus miniature Kenyan and British desserts, which included Sarova chocolate cake, Earl Grey tea crumble. Never heard of this in my life. <laughs> I'm there for it, though. It sounds great. And ivory and ebony mousse. Nice. They also had petit fours, chocolate truffles and macaroons served with Kenyan coffee or tea, and watercress and Stilton salad with candied apples and walnuts. You're making me hungry, Rach. I know. It's lunch, nearly lunchtime here. I need to get my fajita ready. I'm in fajitas. <laughs> I love it. So after they had dinner, as with these state banquets, His Majesty gave a speech in which he opened by a greeting to the audience in African dialect. Oh, I love this. I love when they do and this. 
And what I loved about it is you could hear the audience like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. They were really surprised. I don't know whether we did it well or not, but they seem to have enjoyed it. So I'm <laughs> well, if they, they un- did it well. If they understood it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were laughing along, so we're going to go with it. So in his speech, His Majesty said, it is well known, I think, that my dear mother, the late Queen, had a particular affection for Kenya and the Kenyan people. She arrived here in 1952 a princess, but left as Queen. It is extremely moving to read her diary from that visit in which she wrote that she did not want to miss a moment of Kenya's extraordinary landscapes. I really cannot thank you enough for the support Kenya gave her through that difficult time. Uh, And as we know, Royal Community, that shot of the Queen is now so famous, isn't it, of her stepping off the aeroplane in that black because her father had passed away and a young Queen at 25. Rach, can you imagine having access to the Queen's diary? Oh, I know. I think it will be like Queen Victoria's. A lot of the entries were actually burned because apparently it's a bit salacious because she went into quite a lot of detail, especially her uh, (coughs) sex life with (laughs) Prince Albert. (laughs) I think that's the kind of rise and fall of a monarch, isn't it? Nothing is really your own. No, it's nothing's private, is it? Yeah, you don't have that privacy. It's not afforded to you. So when the monarch does pass away and it is passed down to whoever gets the diaries, the onus is on them to kind of keep keep their dignity i guess mm-hmm. exactly also race did he mention something about catherine as well didn't he oh my goodness the royal community absolutely loved this <laughs> he said inside of mount kenya my son the prince of wales proposed to his now wife now my beloved daughter-in-law oh, oh my goodness this is so sweet it was so sweet it really I, was i loved that he brought that in because kenya is a country where i think they feel that when they go they can just relax and be themselves they're not going to get photographed they're not going to have paparazzi shots taken of them so i think it's somewhere that they just know that they can really relax and unwind and they're also connected to wildlife we will talk about uh, wildlife in a moment because there were a lot of animal encounters which i'm super excited about mm-hmm. but One thing I thought, actually, and I didn't put the two and two together. I don't know why, but I just didn't. But isn't it interesting when he mentioned Princess Elizabeth into Queen Elizabeth, she became monarch in Kenya. Then you have the parallel of William asking Catherine for her hand in marriage. And in a way, that's symbolically her becoming a monarch. Do you know what I mean? Because she's in the fold. And in, in being in the fold, that means she's a future queen consort. Oh, my gosh. Like, that didn't even really click until you just said that. Yeah. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, I thought, how symbolic? And did he know that? And, and also, in, in the history books, they'll be able to kind of piece together, like, weave that story and... I didn't put it together before, but I wonder whether William had that in the back of his mind. Like, hang on a moment, this, you know, it's not just a beautiful country, but it's also synonymous with somebody I love becoming a monarch. I don't know, maybe I'm putting too much thought into that bit. (laughs) It was just really interesting. And something I absolutely loved about the King's speech. Firstly, it was nearly 15 minutes long, which I'm loving a long speech. We're not going to read it out. No, we're not. We're not all community. You can go on YouTube and watch that if you like. But the King mentions the Kenyan national anthem. And obviously we know previously that day he'd heard it. But the anthem says, may we dwell in unity, peace and liberty. Oh, just thought I need that as like a royal charter on my life. But Brach, not just that. He mentioned that he's a dendrophile. Did you know this? No. 
Well, Royal Community, I didn't know this until about 15 minutes ago, but a dendrophile is somebody who loves trees. And we know the king loves trees. But he made a connection that the president is also a dendrophile and the president's aim is to plant 15 billion trees. Right? Wow. I mean, I love it. And uh, the king made a joke like, I know I've planted a few trees, but you know. <laughs> He also touched on the serious topic of the past. And he said, it is the intimacy of our shared history that has brought our people together. However, we must also acknowledge the most painful times of our long and complex relationship. The wrongdoings of the past are a cause of the greatest sorrow and the deepest regret. There were abhorrent and unjustifiable acts of violence committed against Kenyans as they waged, as you said, at the United Nations, a painful struggle for independence and sovereignty. And for that, there can be no excuse. In coming back to Kenya, it matters greatly to me that I should deepen my own understanding of these wrongs and I meet some of those whose lives and community were so grievously affected. None of this can change the past, but by addressing our history with honesty and openness, we can perhaps demonstrate the strength of our friendship today. I thought that was very sincere and it was delivered with respect. Being the head of state, he has to tiptoe the line, doesn't he? We said it so many times. And it's something that is quite hard to balance, especially when you're speaking about a subject such as this. But I think something like this you can't shy away from because the more you talk about it, the more normalised it becomes. Yeah, and I didn't know much about it. But when I looked into it, there was a period in 1952 to 1960 when there was a revolt. Uh, I think the Maya Maya revolt, I might be saying that incorrectly, so my apologies. And it was a revolt against colonial rule from the British. And obviously that brings about their independence. But what happened was Britain put in repressive measures that actually resulted in thousands of deaths of Kenyans. He was mentioning the wrongdoings of the past. And like you said, Rachel, it's just so important that it comes from the king because there's so much weight behind those words. And I think it was beautifully written. It said everything it needed to say. And I know I did give the king a hard time for his speech last, I think it was last week, wasn't it? We were talking about the coronation banquet at the City of London. And I gave the king a hard time for his speech, but this one was so on point. Oh, well, that's day one, Royal Community. Buckle up. We've got day two coming. You ready? <laughs> day two, C- Queen Camilla visited Brooks. Oh, We've spoken about this before, haven't we? We love it so much. It's a sanctuary that cares for donkeys and horses rescued from abuse. She was presented with a shuka by women in the local community and even took part in a traditional dance. I mean, Rach, Camilla can shuffle like it, no one's business. <laughs> there wasn't much going on in, in her face. I think she was trying to keep it for the yeah. cameras. I really I wanted think... to kind of let her loose and do like a Theresa May situation. She did look a bit awkward, bless her. But yeah. again, I think it's one of those situations where she doesn't know what they're saying because she can't speak the language. And then you've got about 50 photographers on you. You've not just got the UK press with you, but you've got the Kenyan press because obviously yeah. this is being covered for Kenyan news outlets as well. Mm. I thought it was lovely to see Camilla being embraced by the local community, particularly the women. Um, another thing that I loved, which Camilla was wearing was a dress and it had giraffes on it. And I thought that was so fitting. She's in Kenya. Let's put some giraffes on. Let's put a giraffe dress on. I want to see more animals on royal clothing. Because me, I, I wear animals on all of my clothing. Not, so. not real not real animals. <laughs> no, not, no, we we're not talking about fair. Fair. Like We're not talking about anything <laughs> no, like No, no. Um, <laughs> animal motifs. Elephants, <laughs> giraffes, dogs, you name it. Just put it on. <laughs> 
I, I've got a dog shirt. I've got a zebra shirt. You name it. I've got loads of animal stuff. I can't. I can't see it happening. So I really can't. Oh come on! Who was the royal dresser? Bruce Oldfield. Please just stick something on. <laughs> well, we saw we saw the the dogs on her coronation dress. Maybe this has got to be a theme from now on. Bring on the animal prints. We then saw the king present 117 year old veteran now royal community. I am going to butcher this. I'm so sorry. Samuel Notagi Mumbaria. I'm really, really sorry I butchered that. With campaign medals at Corricor Commonwealth War Graves, the Majesty's laid wreaths and met members of the local community at the site, which commemorates 59 Commonwealth members of the armed forces who lost their lives in World War II. What a wonderful engagement. And I will say that Samwell... He looked about 80, not 117. He looked so good. I was honestly, I showed someone this photo and I said, how old do you think this person is? And they said 86. I was like, it's 117. I mean, whatever's in the Kenyan water, I'm going to move that. (laughs) It's amazing. It's so important that the people who sacrificed themselves, their families, their lives are commemorated because it's not just people in Europe that died in World War II. It was a world war. There were so many people across the whole of the world, especially Commonwealth countries, that came to the aid of Britain in World War II and they need that recognition. So this was so important. Rachel, did you see the Charles tripped on a bit of fake grass? <laughs> I didn't see this. <laughs> yeah. Well, Phil came home and he said, did you see the Charles tripped? I went, no, because everything <laughs> he usually says, like, did you see this? Did you? I say, yeah, yes, or yesterday or whatever. He was like, this is a bit of information I know that you don't. <laughs> I mean, come on, he, he tripped a little bit. It wasn't as bad as the trip up the stairs at the COP26. Oh my but, gosh. You know, that was one for the books. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Right. Royal Community, hold on, because I'm just going to have a little bit of a, a moment because we're moving on to the Sheldrick Wildlife Park. Get ready. Cute animals on the way. In the afternoon, the king and queen met some orphan elephants. Oh, oh, engagement Dumbo. of the day, engagement oh. of the day and photo of the day for me, this was. Yeah, they were being raised at Sheldrick Wildlife Trust in Nairobi National Park. You cannot get a better setting. How incredible. The trust has reared 316 orphan elephants and 17 rhinos. Did you see that baby rhino? Oh my it goodness. so cute. He had a little blanket on him. And did you see Camilla? bottle feeding the baby elephant this was my picture of the day to me this was the perfect engagement the perfect setting of like i just absolutely loved it what i also loved was the little rhino suckling on the on the man's trouser thinking it was a (laughs) tea i was like oh my god he's so adorable do you know what although we saw some lovely little i know they're orphaned they're just they're being cared for royal community don't worry they're being cared for um we saw them with the lovely animals but they also viewed the site where one million dollars worth of ivory was burnt in 1989 leading to the worldwide ban of the sale of ivory yeah we then saw the king visiting karura forest where he met 10 year old environmental campaigner karen kimani who wrote to buckingham palace earlier this year to ask the king to plant a tree with her during the visit and together they planted an Elgon teak tree. Get ready, Royal Community. <laughs> tree. tree! Get your hands up in the air. Let's do this. Oh, how wonderful is this story? It was so lovely. I mean, there's so many people that write to Buckingham Palace each year. I've sent Christmas cards before and even just getting a Christmas card back, you're like, oh my goodness, it's a yeah. Christmas card. But can you imagine as a 10-year-old writing to Buckingham Palace and maybe thinking... 
that this letter isn't even going to get read and all of a sudden you're told i don't know a week before oh by the way the king's going to come on his visit and guess what you're going to plant a tree with him remember royal community king charles is there on a state visit but he's also head of the commonwealth and this is a commonwealth country from the two days that we've seen so far their reception from the kenyan people from the kenyan government from the officials been so warm and welcoming it's been wonderful to watch this and I've thoroughly enjoyed every engagement that's popped up. Like, where are they going next? What are yeah. they doing next? What animal are they going to go see next? What is Camilla wearing? I just loved it. And the thing is, we probably haven't even mentioned every single engagement because they've just packed so much in. So we're sorry if we have missed any um, that you particularly wanted us to talk about. But as we said, this state visit is continuing. So any of the engagements that we missed will cover in next week's episode. Breach, I've got to say... Next week, we've got the Earthshot Prize. We've got Sophie in Canada. We've got the extra two days from the Kenyan state visit. It's going to be, again, another busy episode next week. And then in a few weeks, we've got the Korean state visit coming here, haven't we? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Ball community, hold on to your hats. This is a bumpy ride. Oh, I mean, it's a good ride, but it's a bumpy ride. <laughs> yeah. Right, Royal community, that is it. Jump packed episode for you today i mean i'm feeling dizzy just thinking about it i don't know about how charles and camilla are dealing with it over in kenya because that's a busy busy schedule thank you so much for listening if you are listening on your podcasting apps why not review us five stars it really does help us to reach more royal community members and also let us know that you're enjoying the show don't forget to come on over to instagram keeping up the windsor's pod dm us a voice note if you'd like to appear in next week's episode also you can email us keep at the Windsors pod at gmail.com we also have a youtube channel keeping up the Windsors, and we've recently put up a vlog of our time at the national portrait gallery which has just reopened super exciting now if you would love to help us keep the podcast on the air you can by buying rachel and i a kind of virtual coffee all the money raised over on kofi k-o-f-i goes back into making the podcast what it is and uh, keeping us on the air so thank you so much for everybody who supported us so far and if you want to become part of the vip royal community for extra royal content you can do that over on ko-fi too thank you so much for listening we will see you next week on keeping, keeping up, up the winters, winters. <laughs>